And I had this like moment of wondering whether I just wanted to do medicine for so long that the idea of medicine had become this like be all and end all idea, or if it was really what I felt I was called to. And they put it really simply and they were like, Hannah, what have you lost if you try? Episode three of the Medically Inclined podcast. We are here. It's exciting. I've really dived deep into the things that I thought that I couldn't achieve. And this has just been an awesome experience. Today, we are going to be talking to the Doctors Eventually page. Now, that page resonated with me a lot because the entire premise of their page is to focus on older medical students. Medical students that took a different path, medical students that didn't get in immediately, and through sheer luck and sheer determination, they beat the odds, and they're in medicine, and they're working hard on their dreams. I really do feel that this is going to be an important episode for individuals that have either gotten into medicine a little bit later, and you're first year again, and you're a little bit older, and for individuals that are still considering getting into medicine. I feel like there are gems in this. I feel like there are things that you can take away from this. The page was started or founded by three individuals. It's Robin, Quentin, and Hannah. And today we're privileged to be able to speak to Hannah about her experiences in medicine as an older student. If you haven't already, please do like, subscribe, share the podcast. It really helps other med students find the podcast. It really helps us grow and develop. And I'm really excited for this to grow. So without further ado, here's Hannah from the Doctors Eventually page. I've got Hannah. Hannah, she is uh, one of the Doctors Eventually founders. It is a, a page. Well, actually, before I start explaining anything, I'd rather have them explain it a bit later. But in order to begin, we're going to just ask Hannah... Uh, just to explain a little bit about the journey that the three founders have had, who the founders are, and then we will obviously dive in a little bit deeper with the Doctors Eventually page later. So Hannah, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hannah. <laughs> it's nice to formally meet you um, and to everybody you listening as well. When you say journey, I'm assuming you mean how we all eventually got into medicine. Yeah, yeah the, the journey to a, getting into medicine, uh, yeah. yes. <laughs> It's been a really long one for all of us. I think Quentin is probably the one who took the longest. He's 32 now, 31. He'll kill me yeah. if I say 32. <laughs> um, we've all wanted to do medicine since we were, well, I know for me, I was, I think, like four when I first told my mom I wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Um, I think the same for Robin and the same for Quentin. But unfortunately, as is the case in South Africa, it can take a little bit longer than the just matric route. So I studied science, so did Robin, and Quentin did pharmacy. So he's got his master's, I've got my master's, and Robin's got her honors in medical phys. Okay, congrats, guys. It's actually really Thank big. You. It's a big deal <laughs> to have that already. That's cool. Was that the, the plan from the beginning? You guys wanted to try and do a, a different route into medicine? Obviously, you guys didn't get in then from the get-go, but was that the, the plan from the beginning to try and Not work your way into Not even remotely. Medicine? All right. <laughs> 
I think all of us had hoped we had those dreams when you came out of matric and you got your marks back that we were going to step straight into a, an MBCHB and it didn't work out like that for any of us. Mm. I think in hindsight, I don't know, I don't know about Robin or Quentin, but I wouldn't have taken an alternative route looking back on it now. Mm-hmm. I think it's given us a lot of advantages this year, but it wasn't the easiest to wrap your head around when you thought you were going to go straight into what you wanted to do. And then you've got a whole BSc and an honors and a master's to get through first. Definitely. But I feel that it has obviously given you guys a step up, like you said. Um, Tommy, with regards to actually looking at the individuals that did pursue medicine a little bit later, are there any like common personality traits or just things that you've noticed that they actually have in common or that they, they, they Aside share from being chronic a types. <laughs> uh, it's actually, it's funny. We had this conversation the other day. Um, you kind of want to jump to the whole it's perseverance thing. And while perseverance does play a major role, I think we all kind of realize that it's not the easiest thing to pursue the older you get a lot more plays a role than just whether you want to do medicine or not. You've got family to consider, you've got finances. Um, But I think the biggest trait that I've seen in everyone we've spoken to this year, and we've obviously met a lot of older med students through the page, is that we all know our why. I think if you've considered doing medicine for seven years post-matric, or even three or four, you've had people ask you why, why, surely you can do something else with your time. So I think in terms of personality traits, I think all of us have just really come to grips with the fact that there is nothing else for us, that our passions, our interests, our skills all align towards the medical field. Um, And we've kind of stuck it out to make sure that that happens. (laughs) Did you guys ever have a moment where you thought, okay, medicine's probably not for me it feels like the universe is dragging me somewhere else and you know what what made you reconsider it if I could put it that way that was like a six monthly crisis for me if I'm honest (laughs) because obviously you you start to consider maybe there are other ways that I could do what I want to do there's obviously the consideration of another six years of studying is a major one Um, so I think each of us repeatedly asked, you know, is this really what I want to do or can I fulfill what I'm passionate about in another field? So I think for each of us, that question came up a couple of times. Um, so yeah, I think all of us did consider an alternative to medicine, but unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess that it just wasn't scratched with anything else. Okay. I know that a lot of people, even me, because I also took a, a little bit of a different path into medicine, or at least a longer path. I, I, I battled with the idea of, would I regret doing medicine? Would I regret not doing medicine? I don't know if you guys had the same, you know, like, how did you guys actually handle that for anybody that is listening that is maybe in the situation right now where they're trying to get into medicine and they're a little bit older and they've got you know, just life to deal with. Do you yeah. guys have sort of pointers that you can just assist? I think you can read our minds. We've had <laughs> these discussions the whole way through the year. I think, in fact, somebody asked me this time last year, I was considering whether I wanted to, whether I really wanted to do this. Obviously, I just put in my application and it was kind of like a last, last attempt for me. And I had this like moment of wondering whether I just wanted to do medicine for so long that the idea of medicine had become this like be all and end all idea, or if it was really what I felt I was called to. And they put it really simply and they were like, Hannah, what have you lost if you try? What have you lost if you 
apply, you get in, you start medicine, and worse comes to worse, you realize that you've just wanted this thing for so long that you haven't considered anything else. Or best case scenario, you fall in love with it all over again and you're excited for the next six years. I mean, sure, okay, there's a financial cost. There's a time consideration because you are stepping into something that could be six years. But if you spend six months thinking, what on earth have I done? There's always ways to make up for that six months that you lost or the financial implication even of starting medicine and realizing it's not for you. So I guess my advice would be to go for it, try it, put your all into it. And if you do realize that it's not actually what you thought it was going to be, then all you've lost is six months. But rather that than spend the rest of your life wondering what if or becoming that parent who decides that their kid's going to be a doctor because you never were. Yeah. Sort of forcefully putting the dream on them. Yeah. I feel like yes, that actually happens a lot. not saying that my parents did that. <laughs> my parents were great and supportive and I'm the first one in their direct line to do medicine, but I do know that that happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it does seem to be quite a, a normal theme actually with uh, med students. Yeah. What is, what is, what's the day in the life of a med student in Stellenbosch? And uh, obviously being someone that is older, uh, how do you actually handle being with a bunch of 18, 19 year olds, you know, in your twenties and trying to actually mingle with them and connect with them? Like how, how does that all work? Well, first you have to be really well-versed in TikTok and be real words that I only knew existed at the, be- <laughs> the beginning of this year. So once you get down with the lingo, <laughs> I actually think it's just about Uh, This is going to sound so cliche, but just being yourself. I think the age gap, I have to admit the age gap is super evident right at the beginning, because obviously you've lived a bit of a life beforehand. You've done first year before your priorities are a bit different, but I think medicine makes people grow up quite quickly. And then you also realize that the age gap isn't as massive as you think it is when they've all moved out of home. They're learning how to be adults on their own as well. I think the age gap does close quite significantly. So just, yeah, don't behave like an ancient person. Go to the first year's dance. That's our, our first piece of advice. You're going to feel exceptionally old every now and again. But ultimately, yeah, you're all human. <laughs> you also, you find the other people in your class who are slightly older. You start to connect over the fact that you're all passionate about medicine, whether you're 18 or you're 26. It is, it's an adjustment, that much I will say. And you've kind of got to wrap your head around it. They're pretty much my brother's age, which is a weird, a weird concept. But yeah, I feel like I'm talking around the subject because I know that a lot of them are going to be listening to this. (laughs) That's Um, fine. Yeah. And then a day in the life of a Stellenbosch med student is a very good question, (laughs) purely because we don't necessarily know what a day in the life of a Stellenbosch student is. We're all on a brand new curriculum. So every day is completely different. We started clinical rotations at the beginning of the year. So we were first year hazards in the clinic in our third week of, of first year. So every day is either something clinical, skills lab related, or dissections. And then afternoons are lectures. So, I mean, I guess that is pretty much a day in the life of a med student. But it's really cool that we've been able to do that from first year, because I don't think any of us were expecting that we'd have that opportunity from like the first week of medical school. 
Is that something new that's at Stellenbosch, the clinical rotations now? Because I know yes. I, I'm ju- I've just finished second year and we've barely had any clinical contact. It's just been theory. It's basically just been a BSc up until this point. Yeah. I think we all wrapped our heads around that being a thing. Having come from a BSc, it was like the thing I was yeah, not looking forward to the most was having to like redo chemistry and maths. Um, but we arrived in our, in fact, I think they let us know during our interviews because as postgrads, we had to interview for med school and they mentioned that they had this whole new curriculum coming. And I didn't think any of us realized what that would entail. So it's been, yeah, it's a, it is a new thing. I think they're realizing how, um, difficult it is to have first years in the clinical setting, but I think we've learned some stuff that is going to be incredibly beneficial moving forward. It's like the bedside manner already that's kicking in and knowing how to take blood pressure and deal with a patient in in the primary healthcare setting has been invaluable. And I think it's also kept us going because we've studied before. We've been dreaming of this medicine thing for so long that to actually be able to interact with patients is keeping that dream alive a bit. I mean, the the, the fact that you guys are already having that, that practical exposure from the first year, I think, that's it's it's something that oof, I don't know if I would be in trouble even for saying <laughs> this, but it's something that they should all consider because we're going to start in third year doing clinicals. Um, and right now we've had zero exposure. So you guys already mm. have two years up on us basically at that point in time, which will mean that you guys I mean, will I have a lot more. I mean, I don't want to say that Stellenbosch oh. <laughs> is the superior medical school, but... <laughs> it's a different <laughs> argument. We'll get into that one eventually. <laughs> but... It sounds that it sounds like you guys have obviously gone through quite a, a process and everything. Going back now to the fact that you guys have had previous lives mm-hmm. before you got into medicine. I'm assuming you guys worked before, or are you guys working during medicine? Is that something that you guys are, you know, obviously trying to incorporate while busy with that? And on top of that, you guys are also running uh, a, an Instagram page, which probably takes a lot of your time as well. How do you guys manage? life balance how do you manage being a student working being a little bit older balancing relationships is there a a secret to that or are you guys just going with it and hoping for the best i'm going to be honest sometimes we're not balancing (laughs) i think that is the danger of i could get on my soapbox about this but medical school attracts like the same personality type and it's all quite overachieving quite a type quite hard on yourself individuals so it takes I think it's a very conscious effort to keep that balance going. And it helps that I think we made all of the mistakes in our first, first years. We burnt out. We tried really hard and didn't get the marks we were hoping for. And, you know, you kind of learned those lessons the first time around. So we kind of have the benefit of having done that before. So a lot of it comes down to actually just being conscious about scheduling. Like write out at the beginning of the year what your priorities are. You value time with friends and family, time outside of academics, and actually schedule that into your day. Um, Otherwise, it does run away with you because obviously we love what we do. We're excited to be here. So it is tempting to kind of focus your entire life around that. And it can be really easy to fall into the, I need to get 90% mentality again when, spoiler alert, you don't have to get 90% for medical school. (laughs) Yeah. And then Robin and I were talking about it earlier and it also just comes down to finding a support network and digging in really deeply. For us, that's come from faith. Um, A lot of the people we talk to, that's the same thing. Um, 
but also friends, family, whatever community you're super involved in, allow them to speak into your life and point out when you're not balancing things well or you're not prioritizing the right things because sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. Um, yeah. <laughs> the people that were closest to you that you guys had to go to in order to just help you through that. And obviously those are people that your parents and individuals like friends and stuff, were they also important in actually just talking you through the decision to get into medicine or decision to take that? 150%. <laughs> and I know that that's quite a privileged position to speak from because the older you get, um, the longer you've pursued studies or work outside uh, kind of the normal argument is jeepers now you're wasting time and I can understand that a lot of people don't have the same support that we've had but for me and for Robin and I think for Quinton as well family have been sure a major aspect in taking the pressure off of making that decision so we were really really fortunate in that regard we are now going to go into the doctors eventually page what's the story behind that what was your your drive the three of you to actually have this page we were, yeah, as you do, sitting around between classes, chatting about, you know, everybody's war stories of how they got into medicine and, oh my word, that interview was so tough and which person was on your panel. And I think the kind of key message that came out each time we had those little, yeah, debriefs was the fact that what we'd all really wished for in that time was a space that we could go to that had the resources, that had the encouragement um, and that just had a bunch of people who'd been through the same thing because you assume you're alone as an older student. It seems like this unusual thing to decide to go back and study. Um, but when you get here and you meet the 12 other people in your class who took a similar journey, you realize you're not actually all that different, which I don't mean that as a negative thing. I mean that as a really encouraging, wow, you're not the only person who wanted to do this. Um, so at some point we were sitting there and thought, well, maybe we could do that for people who are applying for next year and started kind of throwing around the idea a little bit and figured Instagram was the easiest way to get that out there. Um, and thus doctors eventually was born, obviously with a very sarcastic title, which ended up being quite useful. Definitely. How long, when did you start the page? Um, like March, May, May, okay. May. Nice. <laughs> That's right. my final answer. I'm locking it in. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So the, the aim of it was basically just to inspire individuals that are going through the same thing you guys are going through. Right. Yeah, we wanted to, like, first and foremost, provide a space where we could share the stories of other people who'd taken a bit longer. Because I think one of our major aims is to someday have at least one person that everyone wanting to apply for medicine later can relate to. Because the journeys are incredibly different. I mean even between Robin Quinton and myself, the story of how we decided to do medicine and what this last application looked like is completely different. So to actually find a space where you can meet someone who has the same story as you is kind of the ultimate goal. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. We didn't even, I don't think we dived too deeply into the different routes that you guys did take. I know that you said that you did an MSc, uh, Robin did an honors and then Quinton, he He'd finished his, his pharmacology. Was he working as a pharmacist then? He was actually was... a lecturer at Medunsa. Oh, wow. Um, and a clinical pharmacist. Um, so he's still working and juggling med school and pharmacy, um, which is quite a feat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so he'd worked a little bit beforehand. I think he was also considering maybe doing a PhD. So was I. 
Um, and Robin also was considering the master's route. So, yeah, we were all quite deep in the academic realm. All right. So this this transition then wasn't too bad for you guys, I'm assuming. Or was it difficult then to actually get back into the books and study? Because after, after undergrad, the postgrad, it's a lot of reading, a lot of articles. Yeah. So was that, you know, something that you needed to obviously just work in and try and focus up um, again? It was humbling because you go back to subjects that you thought you knew, that you wrote off in first year, second year, and now suddenly you've got to relearn the different regions of the brain, um, which was exceptionally humbling for me who did my master's in the brain to realize that I don't know all that much. <laughs> um, so in that sense, it was quite an adjustment. Um, I currently work as a part-time study skills coach, so that was helpful. <laughs> I've been able to use some of the techniques that I teach other students, which now at least I'm not doing a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do situation. Um, so yeah, I think the adjustment was quite quite a lot for all of us because postgrad kind of allows you to adjust your time, um, work on your own schedule. You're very specifically on a topic that you enjoy, so it's a very different kind of studying so in that sense, it took some adjusting and kind of relearning how to study and how to balance work and life again. But I think we're all we're all coping quite well. Cool. I think we'll reassess that when the holidays <laughs> come and we we nice. can relax. <laughs> all right, that's cool. Actually, being you know featured on the page is there a process that you need to go through? Is it you know you guys just find someone you're like ah you look like someone we can put on the page. <laughs> Um, or do these you individuals make us sound like social media stalkers, <laughs> which I mean, I, mean, I don't know what you guys... kind of the way it works at the moment. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. So it is pretty much what you described initially. Yeah, cool. We just kind of drew from our pool of reference and then slowly as people started following and you can see that they've done something before medicine, you just like slide into their DMS with a, a little, would you mind being featured message? And now slowly it's picking up a little bit and people are contacting us, which is awesome. So we're getting, uh, we, there's one lady from Canada who did her master's um, over there who's also just started medicine. So we're slowly but surely reaching people from completely different walks of life, which is also awesome. So in terms of requirements, it's literally just being willing, having done something before medicine and now being a med student or a doctor. <laughs> okay. That's cool. All right. So you guys have obviously grown to the point now where people are busy saying, hey, shout out. That'd be really nice. Cool. I mean, I don't want to, yeah. <laughs> don't want to brag. Here, but it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten to that point. It That's is, really it's cool. It's growing, which is awesome. That's really cool. All right. What's the future though for doctors eventually? Do you guys have a, a plan? Are you guys looking to expanding in other avenues? I saw that you guys did, I think it was the Santa Shoebox. Are you guys trying to aid in more charity events? Is that something that you guys want to focus on a bit more now? That was, uh, Robin actually reached out to Santa Shoebox because it's something she's been doing since she was much younger. Um, and it is something that we, I mean, we're all passionate about the community and being able to get involved and give back. So that kind of just arose as an extension of what we enjoy doing, but it is something we'd love to do more with the page. Okay. I think as the page grows and evolves, we're kind of figuring out where to go with it. But because like we said, the community and community service and just being involved is part of our DNA. I think it will just remain part of the page's DNA as well. Okay. That's cool. Mm. When you looked at younger students now, the individuals that did get yes. through and into medicine, 
Okay. In comparison to those that are older, are there any differences? Mm. Are there any key traits that you've noticed and you've seen that distinguishes the two? I think it comes back to that, that why. I think when you step into medicine straight out of matric, I don't think you've had enough time to consider why you want to do medicine or if there's anything outside of medicine. And I don't want to be condescending because a lot of people know from when they're younger that that's exactly what they want to do. But I think the key difference is that when you've thought about it for so many years and you've considered your other options and for me, for example, man, did I try to find something other than medicine to fill my tank. Um, but when you've had enough time to get beyond that, I just want to help people and get to like the deep why, the fact that this is part of who I am. This is what I feel like I was made for. This is what my skills align with and my passions align with. I think it develops a perseverance and a confidence um, that supersedes that of someone who's maybe just stepped out of high school. And that'll grow. Um, it'll either grow or people will decide it's not where they want to be and they've got time. They're young. Um but yeah, when it comes to the older students, I think that's something that is deeply instilled in them by the time that they get to med school. So along with that comes confidence, um, a willingness to get stuff wrong, I think is something that comes with being older as well. You've kind of learned that you're not that great at most things. So you can see that the older students are far more willing to dive in at the clinic and try something and get it wrong and be corrected, which is kind of part of the learning process. And I think we've all learned that from being ripped to shreds in a postgrad degree. Um, yeah. So I don't, like I said, I don't want to be condescending because age doesn't necessarily mean maturity, but I think there's a maturity in the older students that's come from living a life and learning how to make mistakes, finding your why and being a little bit more confident and willing to learn. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what you said earlier on about the, the fact that we as med students Getting into medical school was difficult. It was challenging. It was something that we mm -hmm. had to really work for. So once we get into medicine, we sort of have that same mentality where we feel yeah. like, oh, I need to get 90s. Oh, I'm not doing yes. enough. I'm, I'm, I'm wasting time. I'm, I'm kind of just floating around. I should not be watching this or I shouldn't be enjoying myself. I should be in the books. And yet you said that it's, it's actually not that anymore. You are in medicine if you make sure that you get through it and you're enjoying it, you will become a doctor. Um, and because of that, I think sometimes people believe that theory and marks are important mm. as a doctor. And I feel like there are more things that you can look at to say you are a good doctor, but I want to hear yeah. from you what you guys would consider. And I know it's a very open-ended question, because everybody has a different look or take on what a good doctor would be. But it's just out of curiosity, what would you guys consider a good doctor? Yeah. <laughs> I give you a podcast on its own. Um, yeah. In terms of the, the marks thing that you mentioned, I'm not at all saying that doing well isn't a good indication of the fact that, you know, it does show that you're putting in time and you're putting in effort, but I think the difference is when the doing well comes from a space of I'm learning this because I want to be a better doctor. When you realize that each thing that you're learning could be the difference between life or death someday. Um, and I think that's maybe the difference for me at the moment with this degree is that for the first time in a very long time, I feel like I'm doing exactly what I've been working so hard to get to. So suddenly it's not just about, Oh, I need to do this to get a good mark to get into medicine. It's, 
I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And the fruit of that is that the marks are coming for now or the practical skills are coming. Um, but I think kind of the key difference there is that you need to know why you're working for those for those marks um, and to enjoy it for what it is and to learn it for what it is so that you can be a better doctor. Um, but in terms of the question as to what does a good doctor look like? I think the plus side to us having been in the clinic already is that we get to see different types of doctors and how they interact with patients, which is firstly super encouraging and it kind of keeps us going. But also I think some of the base qualities that I've seen um, and when Robin and I and Quentin and I were talking, the same qualities came up. The first is teamwork. These doctors know that they don't know everything um, and they rely on the skills and the expertise of the allied health sciences and the people who work with them. So I think one of the one of the key factors is being humble, being willing to work with others and realizing that the the skills of others kind of sometimes supersedes yours. And they should because we didn't study dietetics or physio or speech therapy or occupational therapy. So it's really, really, really vital that you realize that those people have skills that you don't have um, and to draw on that. And then also to listen. I think some of the best doctors that I've seen this year are ones who realize that their patients know their bodies better than they do. And they're willing to listen to the patient's interpretation of what's going on. And then out of that, pull out what's going on. Um, so yeah, humility, teamwork, <laughs> um, being able to admit when you're wrong and call on the expertise of other people. And then also just to listen. <laughs> um, and I know that can be difficult in a clinical setting when you've got like five minutes to see a patient and figure out what's going on. True. But I think, some of the best doctors I've seen this year are ones who are able to balance the listening with the doing um, okay. and know what to listen for as well. Yeah, I think that is a skill that I think mm. all of us can actually try and learn. You've now done the, the rotations, you've gone into it. Is there something that's standing out right now for you guys? I know it's very early. A lot of people <laughs> ask this. I've also you know, gotten a lot of questions of like, oh, are you planning on specializing? What would you want to specialize in? <laughs> But it is like the interesting first question to hear. you get when you tell people you're a med student. Oh, what are you mm. going to specialize in? <laughs> well, geriatrics, firstly, <laughs> because that's how old we're going to be when we graduate. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, right off the bat, Quentin, anything but surgery. Um, Robin and Hannah, everything surgical. So oh, wow. Hannah's a scalpel and we're happy to get involved right now. Okay, cool. um, but I think for all three of us, we're trying to keep our, our minds open so that we can enjoy each rotation and maybe find something we didn't know that we, that we love. Um, yeah. Something that I think each of us struggled with is in our previous degrees or our previous occupations. It was the long game. Science feels like that. You're consistently working on the same question for year after year and hoping that someday it'll make a big impact. Whereas medicine, it's like a day-by-day -day thing and you get to interact with patients and see someone feel better in the moment. For me specifically, I'm drawn to a specialty where you can do that daily. So trauma or I'm not going to say orthopedics because that gets some, <laughs> some bad rap. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy that surgery gives you that opportunity. But that said, my love of research and I think Robin's and Quentin's as well draws us towards something like internal medicine. So pretty much all of the specialties <laughs> right now. All right. So we'll ask you yeah. again in like six years or actually eight years, <laughs> nine years time when you guys do actually start specializing. Have you guys gotten yeah. any exposure to surgeries already as a first year? I don't know with this new, like with this new 
setup that you guys have got going, but have you guys actually been exposed to theater? Um, so what they're trying to do is to emphasize primary healthcare in our first three years. So the first time that we get exposure to Tigerberg Hospital is fourth year. Um, so we don't have a lot of exposure to surgery and that sort of thing at the moment, but Robin and Quinton and myself are all part of the surgical society. So we're from first year being allowed to scrub in on surgeries if we manage to sign up in time um, and fight the the older students for the opportunity. So we've all had a little bit of experience before. Also, just in our times of job shadowing, we've been able to to spend some time in the theatre, which has been awesome. But in terms of the curriculum, we don't have that opportunity just yet. That's cool. What's probably sort of, safer yes. for the patient's sake. Well, it is probably better. Very yeah, hazardous. It's probably moment. better. I think you guys should stay away from that for the time being. That's cool. <laughs> the importance of never giving up, you know, always chasing your dreams. And even though it seems like a challenge and it seems like a long journey, why carry on? Why pursue that? We were actually, we were unpacking that a little bit because it's all fine and well to say, follow your dreams at all costs. Perseverance is the key and it is. But we also acknowledge the fact that for some people, that's not an option. Like when you you reach a certain age and you have a certain number of responsibilities, it does seem pretty impossible. And I, I can't comment on that because I don't have those influences in my life right now, which makes it a bit easier, made the decision a lot easier. Um, but I think I come back to the fact that you've got, as cliche as it is, you've got one life to live. And if what you're doing is not fulfilling you and you're not finding joy in the thing that you do on the daily, and there is something in you that won't let you let go of medicine or any dream for that matter, it is 150% worth pursuing because I could think of nothing worse than getting to the end of my life and still having a what if. Because like we discussed earlier, even if you you try that thing and it doesn't work out, at least you can put it to bed. Or you're going to have the opposite, which is what's happened for all of us, where you just fall more in, more in love with the thing that you're doing. And I think it makes you a better person for the people around you as well, because you're fulfilled. You're doing what it is you feel like you were you were called to do. As cheesy as it is, the whole pursue your dreams at all costs thing is is a really important one. But that said, we're not at all saying that people who've made the decision to stop applying for medicine are wrong, because there are a lot of factors to consider. So I'm not saying that people have given up, but yeah, it is a, it's why we're here. We kept trying and trying and it's hard because I think we could, I think we could wallpaper a room with the number of rejection letters that we have between us. Um, but it's worth it now. And I think each of us are happier than we have ever been doing what we're doing now. Hannah, thank you so much for, <laughs> for taking the, the time to discuss this with me. And uh, thank you. Where can anybody listening to this find you guys? You can find us at doctors underscore eventually on Instagram. We have not yet expanded into the realm of TikTok and be real. <laughs> Unlike the Gen Z's in our class, but yeah, you can find us there. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform, please leave a review and rating. And if you'd like to keep up to date with any podcast news, be sure to follow us on Instagram at medically underscore inclined underscore podcast. I'd also love to hear your feedback. So if you have any comments about the episodes, you can email me at medicallyinclinedpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share to those that you feel would benefit from this episode. 
Can't wait to see you for the next one.